Good evening and welcome back to another edition of the It's Not Orange podcast. Blackpool are back. They rally on at Fratton Park with a, another 4-0 victory. Um, the Seaside looked very good um, as they made it back-to-back victories in the league. And we now look forward to tomorrow night's clash against Northampton. Um, but first, we'll be reviewing that win on Saturday and the outstanding performance from the Seasiders. And to join me this evening, we welcome back Kurt, who joined us for the preview of this game and he was very confident and Kurt you weren't half wrong my mate or half right shall I say um an outstanding performance on Saturday and uh you, you've had a smile on your face since you joined this uh podcast yeah I think I messaged you on Saturday night saying can we do the pod tonight because I was just so <laughs> buzzing after it it was it'll be one of those games in years to come similar to Barnet but for the opposite reasons where there will have been 6,000 of us there so um yeah excellent win looking forward to this one yeah, I, I wanted to do it as well. We're all buzzing, weren't we? But uh, watch the game back during the week so we can talk about it. And Mark, um, you said you were cheering out on the edge of your seat and, and up in arms when we were scoring each goal. And again, um, a big smile on your face and ready to talk about the game on Saturday. Fantastic. I mean, that's they keep winning at Portsmouth. I think I need to move down south. There's no, there's no mileage in living up north with Blackpool and performances like that. I was, I'm just, I'm just so pleased for everybody that went, everyone who went, well done to you all for going and enjoying that. You deserved it. Yeah, they made a hell of a racket, which we'll come on to a bit later on. Um, but we'll get straight into things, gentlemen. Um, Kurt, unchanged. Uh, we'll go through the side um, for the sake of going through the side, of course. But Grimshaw, Pennington, Marv's husband, um, Hamilton, Dembele, Dougal, Carey and Dale. And then Rhodes and Beasley up front, obviously retaining his place after his brace against Shrewsbury. Um for, for once, we're not surprised, or were we surprised that the fact that Critch didn't uh, change the lineup? I think it's, I think it's really brave. I, I think Neil deserves a lot of plaudits for it. You know, we've given him enough stick about the way he's set teams up over the season, and actually, of all the places that I wouldn't mind him changing it up is at the team that's not lost this season. You know, you have to be a bit more respectful of a team that's you know in great form but he's kept it as it is and I was delighted as soon as I saw it I just had that feeling I think that sort of went across all the fans that were there that we had a team that was going to go give it a go and if we you know gave it a go and we you know we came out second best no problem yeah at least we've given it a shot so yeah delighted he's kept it the same and you know obviously we saw what happened afterwards yeah Martin do you do you agree with those sentiments from from Kurt I, I tend to I think Potentially, we're going to see someone like um, Kyle Joseph start after you know his his superb cameo. But um, he seems to have a lot of respect for Beasley, and, and rightly so, obviously putting in a good performance, and he deserves his chance to keep his shirt, of course. He, he does, I and mean, it would have been ridiculously harsh to um, to have dropped him after the past uh, couple of weeks that he's had. Um, so I was I was pleased to see an unchanged team. I think that's that it was fantastic faith in 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 them for for the way they dispatched Roseby the week before. So. No complaints from me whatsoever. Yeah, Kurt, um, we'll get straight into the early exchanges then. Um, Dale coming back to haunt his previous club, um, who was on loan at last season. But before the goal, really, we we didn't we didn't really have a nervousness about us, which we've seen away this season. And, you know, despite our record um, away from Bloomfield Road, um, we, we start at Fratton Park with a sense of calmness about us and, and although we probably wasn't, you know, have that killer instinct about us initially early doors, there was that feeling that Critchley had, a, you know, he knew his game plan really well. And, and we, we coped with 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 Pompey, uh, you know, as an overall team in the middle of the park. We, we seemed like we were the one that settled quite, quite well initially. When we're on the attack, I thought we looked much more dangerous and we were passing the ball around with a lot more confidence considering their current record. Yeah, and one of the things that really sort of impressed me from the off was the the aggressiveness in the press and the you know the unity in the press. I I wasn't massively impressed with their goalkeeper or their centre backs. I thought they were extremely vulnerable on the ball. You know they were playing a four four two, so the the press from from Beasley from Rhodes Dembele was also getting stuck in. I just felt like there was an intent from from the off, and you know it made for you know. A, a really impressive start and a continuation throughout the game. So the the press and the, the way I think what we've seen from from especially the last sort of few fixtures is that it's starting to click everywhere in every sort of element in the defence. You know, Grimmy's back in form. You know, we're attacking, we're scoring goals from different areas and different shapes, and it's just really starting to click now. So 
although yes we've won four nil it some of the little intricacies of being you know really uniform in the press and, and working together really impressed me so yeah great start to the game yeah martin hugh alluded to that didn't he uh, in the pod in the preview um conversation where i asked him how you know where their vulnerabilities lie and, and he he literally said if they're pressed we seem to make a lot of mistakes and i appreciate they had a few players out for injury but Blackpool had that in the past and so have many teams so you know we had to face what was up against us and you know they were still a very decent side on paper but Kurt's absolutely right I think one thing that impressed me the most is we sometimes have a disorganisation about our shape but watching the game back quite closely we, we Hamilton had a sort of a not more central position, but he was dipping in and out like a bit like Karamoko yeah. does. Um, the wing, the, the Dale was coming inside and obviously running the channels as well, which made them constantly have to check over their shoulder. And we moved the ball really well. So that I think it put them on the back foot a little bit, but Kurt's absolutely right. I think if it wasn't for that early press, they would have felt more comfortable um, in those yeah. first 10, 15 minutes. Definitely. And, and I think we often talk about Critchley being, um, very preoccupied with the opposition, but I think he definitely got his homework right because I've watched Portsmouth a couple of times this season, as you alluded to before we started recording. Um, I only saw I saw him in the FA Cup. I know it was an FA Cup game, but even so, they looked quite shaky. And I just thought that if they played that a similar way, you, you, they, they, they get, you can get at them. Um, and obviously, Critch knew that. And I, and I just think we set off like we knew we could get at them, and we knew that we we could have the measure of them if we. Um, if we if we showed the energy and we said that last week didn't we about the not being passive if you're going to go somewhere like Portsmouth who are unbeaten you can't be passive and say well come on then let's see what you've got let's let's go at them you know let's use our pace let's let's try and expose the weaknesses and the fact they've got a few players out and we just looked like we were just going for the jugular from from minute one and it was absolutely superb and credit the manager because he obviously sensed it and knew that we could get at them and we didn't let take our foot off the gas really at any point it was brilliant yeah, I think I think you used the perfect word there, Martin. Um, Kurt, I'll give you your opinion on this, but Martin's used the word passive and we, we've probably explained that, well, three quarters of our game this season. Um, you, you mentioned before the pod, the Leighton Orient, the Port Vale games where um, Lincoln, um, as an example, where when we're on the ball, we just dallied a little bit. We were not the team that we were on Saturday. What do you think has changed over the last sort of, well, three or four weeks or so, because despite the, the defeat at Bolton, where I think we were passive at points and we maybe could have been a bit more attacking, um, they're a decent side, six in a row now, Bolton. Um, we, we've It's the last few weeks it's really started to gel. And obviously after the FA Cup game um, on, on BBC, he said, I think I've realised where, you know, we need to, we need to be better. And, and that's obviously having that killer intent on the ball. So what do you think has changed within this Blackpool side? Or do you think it's just a case of things have took time to gel a little bit and now we're where we are? I think there's a mixture there. I mean, we, we can talk about Neil and his, you know, the way he sets teams up. I think half of it is that he's given the players a bit more of a license to attack and to um, really get at teams. Part of that is by playing, you know, the two strikers with Dembele sitting behind. I don't think it really works with Jordan Rhodes sitting up on his own with Dembele behind. I don't think Jordan Rhodes is that sort of target man. And, and the other half of it is players performing. You know, people are put into the team. And I think we've seen through various points this season, I think Kerry's had, you know, and we'll come on to him in a bit to praise him, but I think Kerry's had a bit of a mixed season. I don't think Norburn has been the player we expected, although he's getting better. I think we could go through a list of players where we could go, I was kind of hoping for a bit better from them. So I think we kind of sit somewhere in the middle where Critchley is shaped us up to get at teams and give us a bit more of a license to get at teams and um, players are starting to come into form now so um, you add them together and this is the sort of results you get Yeah agreed and it's time to to kick on as well isn't it and we'll t we'll talk about Critchley's sort of comments ahead of this game as well a bit later on in the pod but Martin the first goal um, uh, Dale I think was a deliberate finish that was a well-rounded move, if I'm honest. A lot of, I think the commentator said on, on Saturday, it was a scuff shot. I, I completely disagree with him. I think he's actually just like persuaded it into the goal, so to speak, sort of that little delicate touch, but enough power on it to to move it away from the keeper. But the thing that impressed me most, and actually one of my favourite goals of the afternoon was there was 
20, 30 different movements in and around the box. There was players run the lines, the ball with the passes in between. Carey pings two wide passes, gets the ball back, pings it out again. And the ball falls to Hamilton, who plays a delicious cross across the box. And yep, arguably Portsmouth could have um, defended it a little bit better, but it was a decent ball, you know, facing away from the defenders. And you say Dale's tucked it away really nicely. And some sometimes if we can see that goal, we're thinking, oh, we could have done better there. But actually... When you watch it back, those movements and 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 the options that Blackpool side had made me feel overwhelmed with with happiness because we've we've been asking for that penetration and that movement for for a few weeks now, and it's certainly come in the last couple of weeks, but more specifically for that goal on Saturday. Yeah, it it took a, an age to go in as well. Obviously, watching it, you know, on TV, it seemed I, I was like I was just waiting for it to it sort of went in in installments, didn't it? I don't know what it was like uh, live. Did you? We were down the other end, weren't you? That I had a pylon right in front of me. So where oh, Dale went to hit it, it was <laughs> right in front. And then I just saw the keeper go over. And when Dale started sort of, you know, hurtling off to the corner, that's when I realised it had gone in. So yeah. I can tell you about the move. I can't tell you how well he struck it. Sure. It was a great move, wasn't it? It was It was a great move. The sort of move that um, probably, I, I know, we, you know, early in the season, we weren't really, we weren't playing like that. And, and I think, you know, sort of working both sides of the pitch and stretching the play and kind of, it's it's just very high quality football. That that sort of goal belongs in the championship, if that makes sense. I think it's a much higher quality goal than than, than a League One goal. And some of our goals recently have been absolutely superb, but it was, it was lovely um, and great to see. For some reason, he was booed all the time. I don't know why Boo alone player, we, we lent and then we wanted back and didn't allow them to have it. I, I don't know, booing him is pointless, but anyway, it, I, suppose, I think he feeds on that, Owen. He's a bit of a, he's got some S-housery about him, hasn't he? I think he probably loved every minute of being booed by Portsmouth fans. <laughs> yeah, if you watch the uh, post-match uh, interview, I've never seen a player so happy after a game. He was just had that glow about him and I think he focused again what Critchley and the team has, has sort of um, said over the last couple of days is where they need to kick on now and they're focused purely on Tuesday. So it's good to hear from the side that they're not sort of looking back at this as a, you know, uh, you know, oh my God, we've done this. Um, they're more focused on the next game, which is really good to hear. But Kurt, um, I don't know if you want to say any more about the first goal, but one player that seemed to step up his gear and put in a championship-esque performance was that of CJ Hamilton. We didn't see a one-dimensional performance. We saw a player cutting in and out. We saw a player dipping into pockets. Maybe he's had a word of Garamoco because that movement across the line and, you know, within when, within that final third, I think Portsmouth um, defenders got a little bit dizzy because they kept looking over their shoulders left and right and they couldn't really cope with, with the moves when we were running it down the channels. But... CJ, for me, um, just jumping ahead to, to his overall performance, not necessarily just the just um, the first half was was outstanding. Not only did he get two assists, obviously he had played a massive part in Beasley's goal, um, but he was he seemed a different player, and he's obviously thriving on a lot of confidence at the moment. Yeah, we can probably call this an official apology to CJ because I, I, I sort of challenged him. And I think a lot of the early season stuff wasn't necessarily his fault. It was that he was being asked to play an attacking role where he was the only attacking outlet. You know, he isn't that player. We've said it a few times. We've also seen a lack of consistency from him. Well, he's being consistent. He's providing assists. He's now starting to cut inside and take shots and and you know his touch on Saturday just it just felt so much cleaner you know there didn't seem to be some sort of dodgy touch just everything that CJ did on Saturday was just gold dust and you know um he can continue that form for me you know he's going to scare the life out of teams playing like that because he was just one thing I noticed from our players on the weekend is every time they got the ball it was about being direct at the fullbacks isolating the fullbacks, getting at them. Dale did it. CJ did it straight away. That was the first thing they did. They were straight at the fullback with players running behind. So um, CJ deserves a lot of credit. You know, he's he's had a bit of a, a rocky 18 months, I'd say, with us. And now um, he's probably the first name, second, third name on the team sheet. You're not, if you're playing an important game, you're not leaving him out. Uh, when I was going to the train station in Fratton and chatting away to Portsmouth fans, everybody was talking about him. Everybody was talking about him, saying that their their left back's going to have nightmares for weeks about that. So, um, you know, well done, CJ. It's great to see. Um, I'll eat a bit of my words for now. Um, yeah, he was absolutely fantastic, and he was my man the match. 
Yeah, well, Martin, he created chance after chance and he found himself into in different positions is what I was trying to say. And Kurt's actually cut to a point there. Sorry, I'll get my words right. Um, where every touch he did was was something different and it wasn't one of these games where he touches it and the ball goes three or four yards ahead and it wasn't one of these games where if he wasn't sort of running down the line, he was was, was running out of ideas if he wasn't doing that. It was a game where... I think his goal as well, he he drifted left and right, did a little ding and drop of the shoulder. And it, it's probably a personification of his confidence. And and we really now can see, because I remember at Mansfield, he went on this mad run as well when, when he was scoring goals and, you know, he was lightning fast, but he wasn't one dimensional, was he? And he was, he was just, he was just excellent. And he added something completely different because I expected him to pick up the ball and maybe yeah, run down the line like Kurtz alluded to, isolating the fullbacks. But it wasn't just that, was it? It was nice passes in 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 the central areas. It was feeding the ball through through the final thirds and and not just passing sort of for pass sakes left and right. He he did everything with with vindiction. Um, and Kurt again just reminded me of the early part of the season where every single pass would either be a crossfield ball to CJ or pass the ball left, pass the ball left, pass the ball left until we get the ball back to CJ who can attempt to run down the wing to create a chance. But that stagnant Blackpool in the last few weeks has certainly begun to, to, to change, hasn't it? And we're now a side which even keeps every, even Blackpool fans guessing about what we're going to create next. Mm. I think as well with CJ is that it just shows you that you can learn, can't you? You know, you, you, he's, how old is he? 27, 28? 28, He's, yeah. he's learned. You know, a lot of people say, well, you, if you haven't learned, you, know, you can't learn a new position at that age. But he's he's obviously, it took a while. And we did question, didn't we, whether he maybe even had the basic football intelligence to learn that position and grasp it. But he really hasn't. As Kurt says, when the team sheet's read now, you don't even think, oh, is Hamilton playing? Whereas three months ago, we were like, oh, God, is Hamilton playing? Now we're like, oh, you don't even think about it. He's there and it's who else is maybe playing on the other side. He is, he's absolutely on that team sheet every week. And... Fair play to him because um, I've always liked him, but I just didn't like him in that position. But now you you wouldn't you wouldn't change it, would you? So I don't know. Maybe the manager does know more than we do. But it's just taken a while for the penny to drop for everyone, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, we're going to move on now. Um, Kurt, I gave him airtime, or we gave him airtime last week. My favourite player in Tangerine. Kenneth Dougal, um, King Kenny. Um, we thought it was, you said it was probably one of his best games ever for Blackpool outside the playoff final. I actually thought this game he was better. Um, chipped in with an assist, uh, 48 out of 57 passes. He created four chances and in the forward line, touched the ball 72 times. He was dispossessed zero times. He won every single tackle. Um, defensive actions was 11. He recovered the balls in the central areas 11 times. He won seven duels um, out of 10. Um, and he was fouled a couple of times as well. He was a nuisance. He was a leader. And he was someone that we relied on heavily on Saturday. But he did it all without being the everyone look at me. He just did it silently. But he did it with such, um, I use that word again, vindiction. And he for me, um, enabled us to be who we were on Saturday and he was absolutely outstanding. So every credit, Kenny, but give us your thoughts on his performance on Saturday. It's really difficult not to go crazily over the top and start comparing him to, to your Zabbies of the world. And But his, his, his performance... <laughs> that would was, be slight over the top. <laughs> it would be over the top, but it was just so dominating. You know, he, he, he looks like... I don't know what's happened, but he's just clicked... And gone, look, Norburn, Norburn's not here. I'm going to have to take the slack here. Um, but I think it helps that he's got a lot more outlets, outballs. He's got Dale, he's got Beasley, he's got Rhodes, he's got Dembele, he's got CJ. He's a forward, I think he's a good forward-thinking player, you know. So he was spreading the ball fantastically well, you know, and he was just hitting the man every time. I, you're right, it's another performance that you could add to... Um, the Shrewsbury game and you know a couple of others probably from Championship that I probably can't remember at this moment in time, but where you say, I don't think he could have done anything better. You know, I, I, I would like to see him in some of these polls circulating about League One's best centre midfielders, who would you have? Because he's got to be up there at the minute. His form is in, absolutely incredible. Um, it's, it's difficult not to love him any more than we do, right? So I don't see a way Norburn gets into the team at the minute with the way that Carey and Dougal are playing together. 
Um, I, if he's fit, he's, he's on the bench for me. And that, that kind of shows, bearing in mind what we ha- the issues we had last season with our centre-mid positions, it shows how well those two, you know, and in particular Kenny Dougal are playing. So, yeah, delighted for him um, and, you know, delighted for the whole team that's starting to click. Yeah, the last words for me on Kenny Martin, I think watching the game back, there was points where he had the ball with about two or three players sort of around him, Portsmouth players, but he still managed to drill the ball left across the defence, which, you know, you, you, you say don't do, but he did it. He dropped his shoulder and just pinged the ball left and right. And like Kurt said, it hit a man almost every single time. And he's playing with a swagger at the moment. I, I mentioned it. Can he do it against better opposition or can we you know, replicate the performance against Shrewsbury against better opposition? And we did it with, 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 with probably better um, a better performance on Saturday and it needed to be. But, you know, did, do you have any more sort of thoughts on him? Because at the moment, for me, I think Kurt's right. I think the balance in the midfield at the moment, we'll come on to, to, to the next player in a second, has enabled almost the front three, the likes of Beasley and, and Rhodes, to to be a bit more free up front and not do the defensive work because he's took it up that notch and, you know, he's putting in championship performances at the moment. He is, and I think... Um... Although he was very impressive the first time we got promoted out of this league when he first came, I think he's playing better now than he was then. He seems to have just taken it up a notch and and just some of his, like I say, his passing. The stats you read out there are quite phenomenal, really, aren't they? At that level of football, at our level of football, players give the ball away and players make unforced errors. But he just he just for two games he's almost been completely complete perfection. So. Uh, just delighted to see, and I, I, you know, I've touched on it a few times. He just looked out of sorts at the start of the season. Just something wasn't quite right there, but he he looks superb. And you're right, um, Norburn is going to have a job to get in that team, unless um, unless someone else sort of loses a little bit of form. But hopefully, it's not Kenny Dougal because on form he's superb. We all love him, obviously for for the fact we, you know we even got into the championship because of him um, in a way. And it is just just superb to see and. I, great and yeah you're right I think any team would have him in their midfield right now at this level superb really really buzzing for him I think there was a point in the first half where we lost the ball and he sprinted about 15 yards and he absolutely just he just smashes the midfielder off the ball snaps it back drops his shoulder and moves the ball forward again and that just shows how much of a confidence um, how much confidence he's got at the moment sorry Um, and Kurt one thing, one player um, that I've said has benefited from this. I said he's probably benefiting from Karamoko's uh, energy in and around him and giving him outlets, like you said. But one player that's come on strength week in, week out for me at the moment is that of Sonny Carey. Um, he obviously had a decent game against Fleetwood recently. Um, wasn't too bad against Bolton at all. Actually, was one of our better players. And I think on Saturday probably had probably arguably his best game for us, if not certainly, you know top three games this season he seems to have has grown up showed a bit more maturity within that midfield and shielded the ball really well but also um played some decent passes as uh, decent long balls and 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 drove the team forward as well oh he had a swagger about him on saturday there was a, a he played the way that we were all expecting him to play and expecting him to be for us. You know, he had a real swagger. He was moving the ball around. He was getting into good positions. He was he was passing. He took a shot with his left foot, which it actually was a lot closer than it originally felt like when you look back on it. Um, yeah, he, he's got to start putting a run of games together now. You know, we're seeing him building. We're seeing him get better. Um, he's definitely got the opportunity to, to to grasp it with both hands to make himself one of those first names on the team sheet you know um i still think there's more from him I, I still think there's more we're starting to see it. it's building i still think there's more i still see him as someone that we could make quite a bit of profit from you know if he puts a run run of games together because ultimately that's what we're looking to do over the next sort of three four years is make profit from players like sonny carey where they're 21 22 23 and then we can sell him for four or five million. Then we go get the next player and do the next thing. So, you know, look, brilliant, brilliant performance. It's, it's difficult not to go too far with it um, because there were a lot of brilliant performances. But there won't be many teams that go and do that at Portsmouth this season or do that in many grounds around the country. So, um, yeah, Gary, fantastic. Just let's see a consistency on that now. Yeah, I think Martin, he has been consistent. I'm not saying Kurt Sen has not been, but he's building, like I said, in the past few weeks, he's been a player for me that 
Critchley's shown faith to, and he's repaid that faith. He actually recovered the ball more times than Dougal in the midfield, 12 times versus Dougal's 11, and he wasn't actually dispossessed once. And um, he was mm. fouled three times and didn't commit a foul either. So you could mm. argue that he was, you know, a key element within that midfield. I know many fans have, haven't really spoke about him because of, you know, the likes of CJ and Dale and um, even Beasley obviously getting the headlines at the moment. But he was certainly going about his business and actually we've spoke about it already. Norburn probably doesn't fit in this midfield because I wouldn't drop Karamoka. I wouldn't drop Kerry at the moment because like he's building something mm-hmm. special and, and Dougal's our best player on the pitch. So um, in that central midfield area, should I say? So um, Norburn doesn't get in the team for me at the moment. And whatever this injury is, this persistence keeping off the bench anyway, it's a mis- mystery to all of us, isn't it? But um, that, that three in midfield, we won't really talk about Karamoko because, you know, we're going to be talking about him every week at the moment, but mm-hmm. Gary for me is someone that we we we're starting to get that six or seven t- names on the team sheet, which will enable us to be so consistent. Yeah, he's got all. I've said this before. He's got all the attributes, uh, you know, of being. Um, he's just a really kind of. It looks like a modern midfielder. He's tall. He's athletic. He's actually quite quick. He can he can get around the pitch and it, but his his biggest problem has been decision making and that's always the difference isn't it between top players and kind of also rounds is the decisions you make when you have to and i think sometimes his decision making's been poor at times but i also think he suffered from playing in that midfield last season in a struggling championship team i think he was hung out to dry by a couple of managers and i just don't think he he, he recovered his confidence very quickly this season to start with it's taken a while like a one or two of them you know so used to losing every week um, you know, a very horrible place to be as a professional footballer, but he just seems to be reaping the reward of confidence and just making better decisions and having a, a coach that believes in him. So, yeah, superb. It's another one, superb. We certainly wouldn't drop him for, for Norburn at the moment if he was fit. I think the slight change in midfield has helped him as well. So we were playing in a flat two or three, and now he's playing in a, you know, with Dougal, with someone ahead of him, like I said, it gives him options as well. So more to come from Kerry, I hope. We've gone all this time, Kurt, without talking about the, the second half goals. So um, we'll quickly run through these before we talk about Grimshaw on the defence, because uh, I've got a few minutes left to talk about uh, the review of this game. But second goal, um, some really neat work on the outside and Karamoka hits a spectacular shot, which Portsmouth for adamant he was offside, but every credit to the linesman because it hits Beasley in what looked like a, a, a three or four yard offside goal. Um, but he was bang actually behind his man. I don't know if he's trying to get out of the way or do a Jordan Rhodes like it was alluded after the game. But um, when 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 you need goals or when you're sort of building sort of goals for the season, Beasley's not going to complain at that and Karamoka gets another assist. It's five and three for Beasley now, isn't it? Um, obviously, one of those and uh, two of those in the cup. Yeah, look, take him anywhere you can. You know, Beasley seems to be, you know, anything he touches is turning into the back of the net. So how can you drop a striker that's doing that? Um, I think the pleasing thing is that from what we're seeing is one of the things we've had issues with is the players not taking shots or not willing to have a shot. Hamilton, Dembele, Carey, Rhodes from outside the box. Anything sight on goal, we're going to have a shot. And look what happens. It You know, you can deflect in. So I wonder if there is, I think I think you mentioned earlier on, or someone mentioned that uh, maybe that's the influence of Jordan Rhodes, you know, in that, look, if you don't take a shot, you, you don't have a chance of scoring. So if you just pass it around without any intent. So look, that, that side is really, really pleasing, um, especially with the CJ Hamilton goal that, you know, we'll talk about. He, we've been begging him to to do something different as opposed to just going down the line, you know, or just floating something into the back post, you know, give the goalkeeper something to think about. And, you know, Norris was too busy, stood there complaining to the referee than to try and make a save for most of them. So um, happy days on that front. Yeah. And obviously Hamilton, like we spoke about earlier, wrapped off a fantastic performance with a decent shot. Um, obviously a bit of luck involved in it, but you know, it just showed like you don't shoot, you don't score. And the, um, the final goal, obviously Alvin Morgan with a cameo for the last seven or eight minutes, but um, another assist for CJ and a fantastic finish. Uh, again, a shot um, and and one where he's placed it beautifully into the corner and probably technically the best goal of the afternoon um, in terms of a finish. Um, my favourite obviously was the movement and stuff for the first, but um, I think we've gone all this time about talking about the goals shows us how good each individual individual performance was um, and before we go on to the Northampton sort of preview um, Martin we just want to talk a little bit about the defence and, and and as an overall I think 
each each defender um specifically marv um has obviously um was very decent in the in the heart of that defense but we found some we found shape and we found consistency at the back grimshaw made some spectacular saves at one nil with a one-on-one and marv's is sort of whatever he was trying to do maybe clear the ball but grimshaw was back to his best on saturday and it was really good to see and and he seems quite confident as well after letting in some poor goals recently yeah he's a he's a top goalkeeper um the pedigree that he's got that you know the, the 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 academy and the and the setup that he worked under you know the fact that he got some influence working with Edison and the goalkeepers at City have got Scott Carson coaching him as well I'm, I'm sure and Guardiola all that he just comes from an amazing pedigree Grimshaw um, he's just where he's a fantastic keeper we're lucky to have him um, I know somebody knows him really well actually and then I think he was very close to moving um, maybe 12 months ago I think he very nearly went somewhere didn't he but um, so lucky we've got him especially after being out of the team for so long from from Maxwell Incidentally, I thought their goalkeeper did a Maxwell the other day, reminded him of chasing after linesman. It was just what Maxwell used to do, wasn't it, when he's not happy about an offside decision. But no, Grimshaw's superb, isn't he? He's a great shot stopper and he is good with his feet and it's good to see him back to his best. We, we, we're very, I've said it many times, we're very lucky to have Daniel Grimshaw. I think if we weren't to go up, we, we'd be very, very, you know, we'd do well to keep hold of him. Somebody would, would want him in the championship for sure. He's very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. Kurt, we'll wrap up um, the game um, by talking about the defence because you wanted to sort of surmise the performance and how defiant we were on Saturday. Yeah, the defence, you're not really going to talk about them in a, in a 4-0, are you? Um, really, but the one thing I'd say about all three of them in, in Pennington and Husband in their roles, if you're not talking about them, then they've not made a mistake. Um, so I just think that the balance works really well with all three of them, you know, very good on the ball Pennington, you know, probably going a bit under the radar with how he's playing. You know, it's a solid seven out of 10, at least every week. Same with, you know, husband who's probably played one of the players of the season, you know, so far this season, we've all said he's, you know, really come on. Um, Marv has come back into the team and yes, he has that one moment a game. Thankfully, Grimmy saved his, his effort to, to square things up. Um, but overall really solid, you know, when you wish, Colby Bishop was sat in Miles' pocket the whole game. He didn't have a sniff. He looked he looked awful. And probably good thing for us Blackpool fans because we can stop moaning about it now. Having watched Colby Bishop and he looked naff, we can forget about it now and just concentrate on our own team, right? <laughs> he didn't so, score. That's all that mattered. He didn't even look like scoring. He didn't. He looked like a rugby player rather than a footballer. So um, look, we can move on from that point. But the the defence were magnificent, and we just got to keep backing up, clean sheets, and then we'll let our attacking unit do the work. Yeah, absolutely. And that rounds off. I mean, we could talk about it for another 35 minutes, but we've got a game to preview tomorrow, gentlemen. Um, uh, this is where we welcome Brendan. Um, we're going to talk about the Northampton game now. Welcome, Brendan. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for coming on so late in the day and um, and filling in for someone who cancelled on me. So um, we really appreciate it. We've got someone to talk about. So um, season so far for Northampton, um, it's been a bit up and down as she started really well, but talk to us a little bit about how, how your season's gone so far and are you happy with, with you know, how it started in the first sort of 20 games or so? Yeah, to be honest, I, I am really happy. I think we, we always knew it was going to be a tough season. Um, for those that haven't <clears throat> been aware of Cobbers' like recent history, we've always been a bit of a yo-yo team for League One and uh, John Brady and his staff has definitely felt like the best chance we have of sticking around and um, he's put together a really good backroom um, staff of people that want to be in the area and um, have a passion for the club. So I think the results at the beginning of the season, even when we didn't you know, get a point or three points, they weren't very indicative of the way we were playing. And before we got uh, humbled a little bit by Derby the other week, you know, we'd been in every game, and even if we were losing it 1-0. So maybe our position in the table wasn't reflective of quite how good we've been playing but we managed to put back-to-back wins together last two games um so there's a little bit of breathing space and relegation and that's really the aim to be honest is just and stay up at all uh, by all means and look to improve the squad as as we go so on, on that basis we're we're on schedule yeah i was actually going to ask um well about john brady in a second but is it is it an expectation just to stay up? Because I think the football you played in League Two, I appreciate there is a there's a golfing class with with teams coming down from the championship, so on and so forth. But for me, 
with the players you've got who will come on to a bit later on, I never actually thought you'd be in serious trouble this season because I thought your home form and, and, and the way you sort of set up would enable you to to play some decent football. Now, obviously, there'll be teething problems when you're back in League One with that. Um, but is your expectation just to stay up or are you aiming sort of more for a mid-table finish? No, it's, it's, it's got to be stay up, especially with our recent history and our budget and you know the money that's going to have to go into finishing the stand of the stadium. So, no, it's definitely just survival by all means. I think the um, even though we did well in League Two last season, obviously with, with automatic promotion, we were a lot better against the, the better teams, the more expansive teams. I think Brady's football and, and his, his style suits better um, against uh, expansive teams and, and giving it a go. He doesn't do well against a low block and trying to rely on the quality of players. So, Maybe it's a bit of a shock that we've not been as good this season against the, the better teams, but I think it's just quality showing through. Like the, the games that we've lost against better teams, um, it's been. I remember the, the first couple of games of the season, even when we were losing or trailing, we were conceding some of the goals of the season and, the, and, and, and missing, you know, pretty easy chances ourselves. So I am quite optimistic as a Cobblers fan compared to most, but. Um, I think a lot of people were saying, like, you know, the points weren't coming, but the performances were there. And they're slowly coming along. Um, if we can start to, to win ugly and win when we're not playing well, then, um, you know, the, the sky's the limits, re- re- really. But at the moment, it's just, you know, get the points that we can on the board and, and look to solidify a, a position in, in, in safety. Yeah, I want to talk about the man we've spoken about already, which is John Brady. Um, I pointed around 2021, wasn't he? And I think on the back of a was it a, free, a weird bit of history, was it like a 3 um win for Blackpool, wasn't it, when you relegated? Yeah, to, so we, we got relegated uh, off the back of of that Blackpool game, I remember now. but he, So when he came in in, in League One, um, he had a tall ask, but everyone was looking at the fact that if... if you took the kind of points per game from when he joined, we'd have stayed up. And I think it was just, it was too little too late. I, I can understand why they tried to double down with Keith Cole, but going from, from them as managers and what they expected from the squad and, and pretty much everything, it was chalk and cheese. Keith Cole was, was, you know, he was an absolute punisher. The, the, the stuff he did to that pitch, you know, he instructed the, the groundsman to basically chew the pitch up into you know, it looked like no man's land in, in, in World War One or something. It was disgusting. Seriously? Yeah, it was it was horrendous. And 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 the players he brought in and the system he the, he had, like Brady coming in and trying to to turn that round. You know, it was yeah. So Keith Cole tried to double down and just make it an absolute battle to come to six fields and try and you know airily dominate teams. But it's probably some of the worst football I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> but um, yeah, we 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 gave him time to see if he could do something with it and I understand why but it was maybe um, naive in hindsight and Brady came in and did really well with, with the as caretaker and we gave him the job and like I said he's he's Australian but he's been in the area for like 20-30 years now he played for Kettering and Russian and Diamonds and loads of Lowton Brackley I think as well loads of um, local non-league teams and has settled around here so to him like having the Northampton job really is his you know, that's all he ever wanted, really. That's as that's as high as he wants to go with it. Whereas in the past, when we got promoted under, say, Chris Wilder, he was a Sheffield United fan as a kid, and that was always going to be the next job for him. There's been teams um, sniffing around John ever since he, he like midway through our our first um, season under him, first full season. But you know, he's he's very much happy where he is, and we're very much happy where he is as well. To be honest, I'd I'd like to see him here for a couple more years at least. Yeah, didn't he start previous to getting the job? He was in with, was within the youth setup, and as you yeah. say, he's, he's moved on, you know, through the ranks, and now is where he wants to be. And he, it's probably his comfortable zone as well as being very proud to obviously represent Northampton. Obviously, he's, he's he's in his element and wants to move the club forward. So it's a very good man to have at the helm. But what sort of man is he? What sort of he brings to your team? And talk to talk to the it's not orange um, listeners about sort of your setup because researching you play. Um, sort of change systems throughout games, yeah. but mainly set up in a four-three-three. Yeah, it's a four-two-three or four-two-three-one. I think he he likes to. He he was a winger himself, and he likes um, to be full-blooded and on the front foot. He's very, excuse me, very much a, a, a positive manager and wants to attack and and excite. I think 
he likes to be direct, but I don't, you know, not in, t- in terms of route one and hitting someone's head and hoping for something. He just likes to get from back to front in, you know, as as few possible, as few as passes as possible, and, and be quick in in his movement. So on paper it should work well against better teams but it's just not really happened for us this season the final product's not been there um i think if we give him time and and he can um you know make use of some budget in the coming years then there's there really is a top level manager there his man management is is amazing um his tactical flexibility is is quite strong he can be um a bit late with the substitutions but i think it's more just a depth problem in our squad to be honest uh, that we don't have too many options that keep his keep him interested in a game um yeah and, and the stuff he's managed to do over the last season with quite how ridiculous our injury table has been is is insane as well we were signing players at the back end of last season on like pairs you play deals because we just we couldn't even fill a bench and he still managed to get us over the line so yeah he's he's a fantastic manager and, and i expect him to fully give blackpool a go on um tomorrow night even if it is away from home he'll he'll come to play football and try and take all three points yeah, I, I want to go to talk about your key players um, in the side. Obviously, there is one notable player that m- many EFL and, and Northampton fans um, will know. But before, before we do, I, have you obviously you scored 19 goals this season? I think your expected goals is 19. Um, you're averaging, I think, one just over one goal a game and conceding just a little over that. Have you got that clear identity um, because I think with the quality back in your side away from injuries, you're probably winning games that you, like you say, you just missed out on because you've been in games this season, despite, you know, sorry, bar a couple of sort of big losses, which Blackpool have had this season as well. When you're just not quite there in the afternoon, you've, you've just missed out on games and with your better players back, you're creating chances and taking them. It's just with the better players there, you probably win those games and see yourself towards the top end of the table. Yeah, I, th- I mean, to be honest, uh, the entire season, there's been one game where I looked at it and went, no, that, that, like, that, that's a golfing class and that was Derby away um, the other week. That that could have been a lot worse than the than I think it was 3-0 in the end. That could have been a lot worse than that. Everything else, like we've had our moments in the games, um, you know, even when we went to Bolton, who just absolutely dismantled Exeter at the weekend, we were 2-0 down very quickly there, um, steadied the ship and then the second half, we got it to 2-1 and arguably could have got a point, if not all three. So it's very Brady. Like Even when we have bad moments in, in games or bad patches of, of form, um, he's very much got like a, a, a good spirit and, um, I don't know, mentality to the squad to always um, come back and, and, and give it a go. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the season, the, the, the games we were losing or goals we were conceding were frankly like ridiculous and we're very unlucky to be that way and we've not always had our slices of luck. Um, it started to come back in the last couple of weeks. We got quite lucky with the first goal of the weekend with uh, Bowie making the most of a back pass and a few things like that. But, um, you know, these things have to have to happen if you're going to stay up and, and, and put points on, on the table. So we're making the most of them and um, <laughs> I hope there's a couple more tomorrow night. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm, v- I'm very intrigued by the game because you coming potentially to attack us is 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 going to be a bit different isn't it Martin because we're used to teams coming to Bloomfield Road and probably trying to settle down a little bit and the teams that have trying to catch us on the counter-attack early part of the season um the Port Vale has come to come to mind because they got in on goal a few times just just while we were trying to attack obviously we didn't have the attacking identities we had the last few weeks Martin but um mm. it, it will it will mean that it's potentially an end-to-end game, or do you think defensively we're in a position where we can cope with a team coming at us? Um, I mean, look, I'm I'm glad that they're a side that wants to play football because, as you say, we thrive against teams like that. But yeah, it could be a really good game. Um, obviously, I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping it's not. But but yeah, it's it's good to see teams doing that, though, isn't it? I mean, I think John Brady strikes me as somebody who's quite a confident guy. Um, I've been very impressed when I've looked at his interviews and I, and I remember the way you celebrate when you got promotion because the year before you were robbed by a freak, was it a 7-0 result that stopped you from going up? Yeah, yeah thank, thanks for reminding Awful me. Awful that, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, sorry, you got, you, you got there in the end. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, that, um, that was uh, one of the worst days I think I've had as a football fan. Scunthorpe played their, their academy kids against Bristol mm. and 
we did what we needed to do and it just wasn't enough on the day. But anyway, swiftly moving on. Yeah, yeah exactly. Think... Yeah, sorry, I didn't want to. I didn't want to cause any any you know post traumatic stress for you. But <laughs> but you, you fixed it though the following season, obviously, and you made you made amends and you've done very well. And as I say, I'm very impressed with John Brady. I think he's. You're right. I think I think if he stays with you for another couple of seasons, that's brilliant. That means that you'd be successful. But um, somebody would fancy him, wouldn't they? Um, because he, he just seems like a guy who who could manage higher and and has got that sort of he's got a bit of a persona about him as well. But I'm glad I'm glad you play football because that that should make for a really entertaining game. And I I just think we're at our best as well when somebody wants to come and play against us. Although Shrewsbury came the other week and I don't know what they were trying to do, but we soon dismantled them. So um, who knows? If, uh, three months ago, I'd have been really worried about this game. I'm slightly less worried because we have an identity back now. Um, so uh, yeah, it should be good. It should be good. And I, I have great memories of Northampton because when I started watching Blackpool, we seemed to play them every season and I went I went to the old county ground a few times. So Northampton's like one of those clubs that were always in the fourth division with Blackpool when I was a kid watching them. So so I'm pleased that you're doing well, and I'm and I'm sure you're going to at least stay up, no problems. Yeah, I think that um, embodies the, the the proud man that that, that Brady is, um, and the fact that he showed that much resilience with your side to go through. Um, oh, it's, it's football's horrible, isn't it? Because you've you've gone through that League Two season. I don't mean to remind you, by the way. I'm complimenting yeah. you here, of of playing and League Two is a hard league. Sometimes you know to, to to play the way you did and the goals you scored. Um, I remember remember it well. Like to do what you did, and then that happened, and then the next season, most teams could fold under that sort of you know, having the energy sapped out of them, but actually he revitalised your side and obviously you come up and um, a big player and a part of that was, was of course, Hoskins, who who was clearly a level above where you were playing that season, but he's also started this season, despite Northampton's sort of stagnant start in, in some respects, still exceptionally well, in my opinion, I think is a player of great talents. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's our longest seven player now. I think this is ninth season. So he's been there for three promotion campaigns under um, Wilder, under Curl, and now under Brady. Um, and even in his early days, when he was one of our better players, right, right from the off, he, I think what was always levelled at him was he was an exciting player, got himself into good positions, but had no end product. And, I mean, I, I saw the other day, he's got something like 22 goals in his last 30 or so, something like that, like, his, his, he's up to 85 goals now in his, his career, which if you think for an EFL side is that, you know, we don't get players, you know, nearing their 10 years. It's not how these things normally work. He was signed as a trialist, you know. Oh, really? We, I think they came in from Yeovil. Um, so whenever someone, you know, is disappointed in the summer that we've got some trialists on, I'm like, <laughs> some, you know, he, he is, uh, uh, there's not really up for debate anymore. There's, we're running out of superlatives, but he, he is the greatest modern Northampton player like he that, that's what we're watching at the moment and his kind of personal highlight reel of goals of the last couple of years is frankly ridiculous like you've got um back heel flicks from the like near the edge of the area you've got free kicks volley he scored about four free kicks last season didn't yeah he? The, the goal that he scored on Sky where it Tranmere to promote us last season on the volley from just chests it and and just um yeah volleys it into the far corner um, long ranges, tap-ins, one-on-ones, uh, penalties. Like he, he, he is, he's doing it all at the moment, and I think that that's something that Brady has to be credited for for putting him in in the in an environment and in a uh, system as well that has turned a wasteful player into probably one of our most if our most clinical, one of the league's most clinical. I think he's right up there for the Golden Boot at the moment, which. When you think we're what fifteenth, it's frankly yeah, absolutely, you know? yeah. That's yeah, that's why I said he's had an exceptional season so far. I think I would have him in, in my side. I would have had him from you when you're in League Two. Is 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 clearly a level above, um, you know, where you were and 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 how you're performing. I think we're better players in and around him. Like I said, I I'm quite confident you you you'll spike up the league. So fingers crossed for that. After of course our two games this season, but. Um, can you tell us um, a little bit more about some other key players that notably that sort of aren't taking the headlines at the moment? Who, who, who else has been important to you? I think he is starting to to make the headlines. I just wrote a piece for one of the Brighton fanzines about him as well, but Mark Leonard, who we had on loan last season, and then um, I think a lot of people expected him to move a lot higher. I, I, I know from some conversations that he was even looking at 
uh, going on another loan abroad. Um, but the right move didn't materialise and, and he felt it would be best to come back to a system where he's the main man. He knows the squad and the team and everything flows through him. And, and Mark Leonard signed late in, in the summer to come back for a second season on loan. And um, he's another one like I, I could, you know, wax lyrical about him all night. He's he's something special. I think he, he really will have a, a strong career beyond Cobbers when, when it is finally time for him to go. And I'll be very proud to say that we saw him for, for two seasons um, at Sixfields. He's a very special player. He's, just this last couple of weeks, he's been playing a little bit further forward, almost in a, in a 10 or an 8. Um, whereas last season, he played a little bit deeper and, and has come between the centre-backs to pick up the ball sometimes. But, I mean, you, you'll see him. He's one of those players that when, you, when you're in the ground as well, if you just take five, ten minutes to watch just him, Watch how he scans. Watch what uh, his little movements in and off, off the ball. He's absolutely brilliant and the most talented player I've seen at, at six fields in my time. And I really do think he's got a big future ahead of him. All of our play will run through him, and and he will dictate what we do or, um, on the ball. And he's extremely underrated off the ball as well. So definitely the other one to watch out for for me. Yeah, I think. Um... One thing that interests me most about this game, which is why I've been looking forward to it so much, is going to be that midfield battle because mm. he's in the same milk as, um, I'm not saying he's by any way stretch imagination, same sort of player in, in terms of his abilities, but um, Brighton obviously producing players like Jensen Weir, who, who's who's mm. been on Blackpool's bench for a long time. And obviously um, he's getting his, um, Leonard's getting his chance in, in the centre of that midfield. And as you say, he plays at different parts and we've got the likes of Dougal, who we spoke about just previously to, to you coming on. He's probably... One of the most form centre centre midfielders, informed centre midfielders at the moment. He's he's doing all sorts all over the pitch, but we've also got the energy of Karamoko Dembele and Sonny Carey in between that. So I'm really looking forward to how that battle unfolds. And I think you'll get your chances through um Leonard and then obviously playing the ball forward to, to the players like Hoskins and you you, you know, you'll be you you potentially be quite deadly on the counter, but also taking the game to us as well. So it's up to those three if they're going to start to do to do the job on those sort of players as well. But yeah. um, aside from that, with with obviously good performances comes weaknesses. So t- tell us where you've potentially been quite vulnerable this season yeah. and where Blackpool could potentially hurt you because away from home it's not been the best um, this season, but. You know, like you said, you like to take the games to teams, and with injuries coming back, you know you could perform better against Blackpool on tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, is it fair to say that our weakness has been conceding worldies? <laughs> I feel like every time we 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 we've gone some of this, you know, bar bar the derby game where we were just played off the park, it was just a bad day. But it happens to everyone. A lot of the games, like you know, you're looking at goals, like how how do you even stop that? Um, yeah. I think we made a couple of tweaks this last few weeks, so we've got the back-to-back wins, which kind of got over some of our weaknesses. Our weaknesses had come from a pretty crowded injury um, bench and and a few players either looking a bit leggy or needing to be pushed. Um, and a couple of personnel changes there has, has really proved fruitful the last couple of weeks. I think our main weakness is, is not being clinical. Um, and we tend to... Um, you know, miss a big chance and then something goes in the other end, and and that that is uh, that's killer in, in this league, especially when you're one of the smaller teams. You you have to take those moments, and um, I, I've felt the last couple of weeks that whoever scores first in our games will go on to win. It's it's so important if we have if we take those chances early on, then I think there's enough about the squad to see it out. It was, it, up until very recently as well, we were one of the best teams for kind of conceded XG as well in terms of how many shots and, and the and the, the the opportunities we allow as well. Like we're we're quite underrated defensive side even if we've been a bit wasteful going the other side. So, you know, if we can limit chances and take the ones we have, it I, I fancy it's against any team. It's just putting those chances away. That that's our big weakness at the moment. Brendan, I was just going to ask you about Colin Calderwood because um, he was obviously our um, assistant manager for or coach for quite a long, well, for, for actually not for that long a time, but but he, he helped us get promotion in 21 and then he left to, uh, to come to you. And a lot of Blackpool fans, we started the championship season then um, a little bit shakily and a lot of Blackpool fans questioned whether he was not so much the brains behind it, but certainly from a defensive point of view, the kind of 
influence that we were missing. So I just wondered the impact he'd had on you and the impact that he's, that he's left because he's now gone to um, Southampton. Which So, so I yeah. just wondered, if that is that a big loss for, for Brady and for the staff? Yeah, it's a big loss. So the kind of the the main four that Brady had was obviously himself, and then he had Colin Coldwood as an assistant manager, which again is a ridiculous like quality assistant manager for for a club our side. You know, he's been been a, a full time manager and had success at that at some pretty big clubs. Um, then he had Mark Richards, who's um, one of the the, mm-hmm. the highest ever goal scorers in the EFL. Had a couple of spells at Cobblers, a couple of promotions. He's one of the coaches, and then Ian Sampson as well, who former player and and a, and a wealth of experience in the EFL. They all live locally. Um, I, I think Colin still lives locally um, with his wife. They all, they all want the the club to do well, have a good history there, and that for me was our biggest strength. Really, was we had some good players, but it was a coaching staff that want to be there, get the area, know the club inside out. So losing Colin, I was surprised about it to be honest, because they're there'd been a moose him from, from other quite big clubs. Um, and I, I'd heard through the grapevine that he wasn't keen on leaving the area. Um, I know uh, Swansea came really close to putting him in as assistant manager last season. Um, mm. And I think a couple of people were a little bit worried it was going to derail the season. But, um, you know, we promoted Ian Sampson up to assistant manager for now. Um, and I think we've won two of the three since since Colin's gone. Um I, I think a lot of that defensive steel and an organisation came from Colin's input. Um, I don't know if you could put it so simply, but I kind of felt that the attacking mo- movements and and setup came from Brady and and the mm. defensive, um, you know, resoluteness and, and organisation came from Colin. But um, it, it's not been too bad since he left. He, he's been there a couple of years, so I hope that the he, he's left um, kind of a legacy, a bit of an impact. For, sure. for players to follow. But um, yeah, it wasn't an ideal um, situation to lose him in the middle of the season. But you've also, just quickly on that one, you, you've got a history, haven't you, of having some amazing people on your staff and managers. You've had you've had Hasselbank, I mean, I admittedly with degree, varying degrees of success, but you've had Rob Page, you've had... Mm. Um, you've had Hasselbank. You've had. I'm just. I, I am cheating slightly by looking at the history of your on your Good website because I just wanted to have a look. You've got some amazing names. Um, Daesh yeah. and and obviously Chris Wilder. You've had you've had yeah. some really cracking appointments there, haven't you? They've all just gone on to do different things. So there's something about Northampton where you can attract really good, really good players and yeah. some really good uh, potential managers for the future. It's interesting that you'd you'd pick out Hasselbank though because I think a lot if not all Cobbers fans would definitely not say that was a good appointment. No, no, <laughs> he, he no. Start, he started okay. And then, I mean, it were, there was some really questionable football towards the end of his time, but um, that was in a, a period where there was, there was some third party investment. And we, we, it's my argument to a lot of Cobbers fans that moan when we lose a game and they say, we're not ambitious enough and we haven't pumped millions into the squad is we've done that before with Hasselbank and, and with the um, five US Chinese, you know, third party investment that came in and we bought about 15 players in January and still went down. Just throwing money at a situation doesn't fix it. It's it's, it's knowing how to, to do it. And to be honest, that's why I, I love Brady so much is he's 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 calm. Um, I, I, I said all season, I'd rather go down with Brady and give him another go in League Two than get rid of him midway through the season like I'm I'm absolutely set with him and all those managers that have come and gone before I think that there wasn't really a long-term vision for them they were short-term stop gaps mm. without really thinking about it Hasselbank was like that Rob Page was was a, a, a stop gap when Wilder had left obviously after um, promoting us and then and then leaving for Sheffield United none of them have felt like real long-term appointments they've all just been like we'll get this in for now whereas Brady feels like you know build him a statue he's going to be here 10 20 years <laughs> right we're going to try and wrap up in the next couple of minutes mate but it's it's, it's uh funny you say that about Calderwood because as Martin's already said that when he left Blackpool defensively we looked poor um despite having some ambitions up front he had the same impact on us in league one as well so he's clearly very good at his trade and and obviously has stock of that as you as you previously previously said sorry but Let's wrap up um, last minute or so um, with where you think you can hurt us. Is it staying resilient at the back and then trying to nick a goal, or do you, you know, is there other avenues to your to to where you can hurt Blackpool? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll like sit back and soak. Uh, I don't think we'll we'll set like a really low block and then try and counter that way. 
I think we'll we'll look to to con- to control the ball. To be honest, you know, we're not going to try and put sixty seven percent possession, but we'll want we'll want the ball and and to um, attack quickly when we've got it, and to to press and limit your limit your opportunities when you've got it. Um, how successful that is, we'll see. We need to find um, some moments of quality and or, or moments of of luck. I don't think that it's going to be uh, a goal fest, but um, yeah, it could go either way. And uh, to be honest, I, I enjoy that in League One. It's been a long time since you know we're going away to teams like Blackpool, and I can I can actually say it will go either way. You know, under Keith Curl or even under Hasselbank, we went there kind of. Um, fearing how many we might concede so I'm just happy to be to even think that that we we could be in with a chance well we're we're in fine form um the last couple of weeks obviously with a decent result but uh, like I said to you previously got a lot of respect for for Northampton the way they play and obviously I'm, I'm fully aware of their key players as well so it's going to be set Martin for an interesting game obviously tomorrow night um but uh, that's where we depart Brendan thank you once again for coming on and give us a fantastic insight on Northampton no worries. Cheers, guys. Enjoy the game. Cheers, Brendan. Cheers, Brendan. Um, Martin, look forward to the game. It should be a good one if they come to attack. Hopefully, we can flex our muscles a little bit and, and continue our good form at uh, Bloomfield Road. But join us, uh, please. Um, offering in a couple of days where we, we'll, we'll take a look upon this game and, and look ahead to, to, I think, Forest Green on Saturday, isn't it, Martin? After. After a league game, we've got a couple of cup games in a row. It is, yeah, um, yeah. Four right. games, four games in a row at Bloomfield Road. Two league games, two cup. But um, certainly going to be interesting. Um, with if Critch's message is anything to go by, is looking to set precedent against um, Northampton tomorrow night and, and continue some fine form. So join us in a few days where we'll be looking back at this game against Northampton and hopefully celebrating another three points. But from all the it's not orange podcast. Have a good evening. 